siren sounds. The Blues have levelled the series in emphatic fashion. Emphatic fashion it was. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell podcast. My name's Zach. Uh, we're going to be talking all things rugby league this show. Normally we're horse racing, that's correct. But this one we're going to be talking about all things game three. New South Wales levelled it up last game in Perth. 44-12 to 12 was an absolute spanking. Uh, coming into game three, they're up at Suncorp. They're Queensland, they're missing a couple of key players, i.e. Mr. Munster and Torlungi. So that's good for us. I haven't gone biased at all, but I've uh, invited a couple of other New South Wales fans into the show tonight. We're going to give that a bit of a breakdown of the game, what's happening in the league, a couple of bets maybe, and maybe we'll touch on some horses. But for now, I welcome in the boys. How are we? Yeah, mate. Uh, big big win by the Blues over in Perth and um, Queensland. First game under Billy Slater, and now we go to a decider. Um, yeah, I'm really keen for a Wednesday, actually. I think it's going to be a really big game. I know months is out, but Queensland uh, back against the wall. 50,000 Queenslanders. Um, you just can't write them off, can you? King, what do you reckon? It's big, big, big deal having Munster out, eh? It's a huge deal, but... Is it just me? If the bookmakers overreacted a touch? Maybe. I don't know. Like a dollar thirty-six. I think I last saw New South Wales. I think 32. that's really dollar thirty-two. So it's even shorter. Like it's. I don't know. I mean, yeah, Munster was fucking huge in game one. Like he was unstoppable in game one, and we managed to shut him down um, game two. But yeah, like it being a decider, it being a Queensland. Yeah, I just think that it should be a little bit more. I don't know. Like I. I Think it's a little bit of an overreact, but fuck, I hope we brain them. I think I think three forty is a bit generous. I think a dollar thirty is taking the piss a little bit. But who do you um who do you think starting in the halves, Tommy? Do you think Dean's going to start there, or is uh, Ben Hunt going to be in there? I was just listening to Cooper Cronk talk about it on three sixty. Look, I think if they had a bit more time, they probably would have shifted Ben Hunt in there and maybe get Reed Marnie in, or they could have put Ponga or AJ or something there. I think the fact that it's happened when it's happened, Dearden's had two really big games, um, uh, really good preps uh, for the last two games. I think there's a big chance him or even a smoky Sam Walker gets the job. And I wouldn't actually, I wouldn't be surprised either if Hunt starts a hooker, Harry Grant comes off the bench at 30 and then Hunt goes to six and then they take, whoever, be it Dearden or someone else, comes off then. Or they put um, Hunt into that 13 role just to help him out a bit. A, a really good stat I heard through the week was Cherry Evans hasn't played with an inexperienced half, which is the other good. Uh, which is the other thing. Um, Munster lacks. He's, he's played with Munster for the last few, but you, we all know he had those few years out of origin. But before that, he was either with Thurston or... Cooper um, Cronk. Uh, Cooper Cronk, so like he's he's had some really experienced halves, but he's he's down at the moment really good. His kicking game's unreal. We saw him um, do a couple of really good kicks in that last Origin as well, and uh, Suncorp suits him as well. But yeah, I, I'd be shocked if they didn't go Diden. What do you reckon, King? I think Diden just being the natural playmaker, especially this season. Anyway, he's definitely. Well, he's done wonders for the club. So, I mean, I think he deserves it. I'm kind of with Tommy in the sense that it's great that Queensland actually had Hunt 
in their like in their team, right? Like, I mm. mean, it, it gives them that extra little bit of option. And as much as I want to say Ben Hunt could easily slot back into that six role, I think it's a smarter play that an informed six goes in and leave Hunt at the nine where he's been solid for the last couple of seasons, whether it's for club, whether it's for state, whether it's for country, it doesn't matter. He's been playing that nine role really well and having Harry, Harry Grant come off will be, um, once again, it, like if they replicate anything similar to game one, it's a pretty electric kind of combination. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, but I think they've made the right call with Tom Dearden starting. Yeah, I, I think Tom Dearden will start. I think he's been... Cowboys, fuck, I still say it, the biggest Smokies I've ever seen. I had them penciled in for last, and look how good they're going. And Tom Dearden's been, like, so key to that team as well. He's a freak. What did you make of um game two, Tommy? Someone like Matt Burton, you surprised him and um, Crichton kept their spot and Jack White missed out? Nah, Freddie's always been good with the winning team. I, look, I, I actually still won't be shocked if um, he pulls a Swifty and maybe Jack does come in. But uh, it, I reckon he'd only be for a bench spot. But um, yeah, I, I think he was always going to remain loyal there, uh, especially the way they won. If it was tight and they leaked a lot of points, maybe I could see him. But I think the way they played, like it'd be really hard to drop anyone out of that side because um, how well they did. Safedi's a bit of a shock. I know there's been a lot of talk about Regan Campbell-Giller, but I I genuinely think Freddie wanted to change the way they were playing from game one to game two. And Regan Campbell-Giller had such a big body and he was one of our best in game one, but he wants a more nimble um pack, which is why he's sort of using new Trevojevic's. I guess Jacob Sofiet, he's still a big boy, but he's he's still young and he's still a bit quicker, where Regan runs off the back fence, but he can um, often get slowed down by the Queensland ruck, like we saw what they were doing in game one, just holding him down a bit, so yeah, uh, it's a little bit of a shock there. Um, it would have been interesting to see if Jordan um, was out before the squads, yeah. yeah, before the squad was named, and they who they would have named then, that maybe Campbell Gillard comes in there or even um, even Daniel, like he he's just come off an injury. I mean, they were talking Clemmers um, in and around the mix as well. But, yeah, I, I really like uh, the um, New South Wales team just sticking solid. And I think that's what they need just to build on what they did in Perth. I think the, what I've heard from about the RCG Sicho is game one, they absolutely just hammered Nathan Cleary, right? They're on him. He couldn't play properly. He wasn't getting support. Campbell Gillard wasn't doing enough to support him. And, like, you know, when they, they stand there and be blockers or whatever and have his back. So, apparently, who knows? I've heard this fucking third, fourth hand, but that was one of the main key points, that he didn't really do his job in protecting Cleary. But well, that's... um They they sort of... They made it a bigger thing on their NRL Ferry 50 with, um, with Buzz and Canty even going further to that about... Uh, how he used to be at Penrith and he was actually having a miserable time. I remember, I think he broke his jaw twice and he, he was really sort of down the dumps. He, he spoke about him being out of form and then he, he was going to Parramatta and really sort of lit, uh, lifted his game up again. And there's been a chat that um, they, they were saying anyway that he doesn't get along with some of those Penrith boys. Um, I find it hard to believe. But, yeah, maybe there's something there that's not gelling. Uh, with them all, but I, I just think it's more of a more of a lighter pack sort of situation where they um just don't want to be held down by Queensland like they were in game one. 
Yeah, fair enough. King, what do you think about them? Someone like Whiten, can you possibly see him? Tommy said you could maybe see him on the bench. Does he take Damien Cook's spot? It's kind of weird. I don't know if they would, but I wouldn't have minded him there for Stephen Crichton. Keep uh, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of with you, Tanner. I, I, Whiten was huge in a losing side game one, and I think he, if it wasn't for COVID, what took him out game two, he'd be playing game three. Mm-hmm. Sim- sim- simple as that, I think, and I think it, it, it's tough. I mean, it, it, I guess in Tommy's sense, I guess like Talakai. I mean, he was good without being great. I thought in game two, like I, he definitely gave it a little bit more when he came on. But I wouldn't mind having one there, or whether we kind of revert back to Crichton being that kind of seventeen for New South Wales, which game one was, whether that was the losing formula, I'm not sure. I don't think it was. And just seeing Burton and Widen on either edge, that I think that'd have been really good to see. But yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, Fred, Freddie does what Freddie does and winning teams stick together. So they're stuck with the same formula, which I'm not against. I, yeah, I think just the only person to question is Jack One and I think it is a bit stiff that he didn't the 17. Um, but I guess I just have to, you know, trust in Freddie. And if anyone knows, he knows. So go, <laughs> go Talakai, go fucking um, Cron. What do we think of um, how Talakai will be used? He wasn't really used too much, I guess, in game two. How will he use him game three, Tommy? Yeah, I think he's, he's just a bit of a general cover. Um Forwards and backs. Spots. Yeah. I, I guess the big thing is he does sort of break the game open. So similar to how Cook sort of comes on around that 30-minute mark, um, spark a bit of life into the attack, I reckon he's like the second-half version of that. So you can either put him on at centre, prop, second row, whatever. But with it, when when the um, when they're really struggling to defend and – uh, you need a bit of a spark. You bring him on with about 20 to go and you just got this rampaging, big, big, uh, thick boy just running straight through him. Like, uh, he was devastating the first few um, rounds of the comp. And uh, just imagine that running at Queensland when um, when they're a bit tired, similar to how they used him. But I just, I just seem um, there for a bit of an energy boost with about 20 to go. What do you think, um, Kelly? Obviously, the main... Uh, pump up that New South Wales needed was the inclusion of Jake Trebojevic. Uh, he was, to me, he could have been man of the match for game two. I'm not being biased. He was fucking unreal. Nathan was fantastic. Obviously, scored two tries, kicked a million goals, seven from seven, and killed it. But what do you think the inclusion of Jake? Like, Jake's a different player when he plays prop compared to when he plays 13. He's, um, I guess he's kind of similar when he's in attack to Isaiah Yo, but he doesn't really play that role for New South Wales. What do you reckon? Oh, I just love it that he's kind of just having that just leadership experience. I think means a world of it makes the world a difference. I think uh, not to disregard RCG or the likes that have been in and out of the team, but Jerbo just it was Gerbo crazy was, leaving him out, wasn't it? It was Bizarre. like the difference he made on game two just. I don't know how to explain it, but just pointing and yelling at his own yeah. teammates to just lift, it just makes you want him in the team forever. You know, like it, it brings us as an audience up and footy lovers up. And like, 
yeah, like he was navigating that prop, like kind of court quartet. You say, I guess the back rowers and the um, front rowers, and navigating traffic. And you know, he's been doing this for years, and it it was just good to see. And I don't know, like going forward, they're obviously just gonna have to leave him in the team somewhere, whether it's starting or as he gets older on on the bench. But he is just such a great influencer when he's on the pitch or within a team, so to speak. So such a good move. And yeah, no missed tackles. Yeah, he's here to stay for game three. He'll no doubt lift again. Um, But on the same note, like, I guess, going back to Jacob Saifidi, I guess the only, it was a surprise to all of us, uh, maybe bar Alex uh, (laughs) O'Brien, local local Nova Castrian. Um, But, like, I want to hear what Tommy has to say about someone like Dale Fanouk and opposed to Mm. Jacob Saifidi being in the team. Because, I mean, Dale's an... Once again, another leader, and he he's got well tenfolds of experience compared to someone like Jacob. So, like him being in the reserve reserves, opposed to making the starting seventeen, kind of puts a little bit of a question mark in. Like I'm no Jacob's the up and comer. He's young, he's fit, but Dale's been there and he's been in the trenches for what close to ten years now. I'd say and. I mean, I'd, if anyone gets to move into that 17, I would have thought someone like Dale would be the perfect fit. So, what do you reckon, Tommy? Yeah, I, I, I think, um, again, like I was saying before, um, if they knew Jordan was going to be out from the get-go, I think um, maybe the call gets made to someone like Dale. But I, he played on last Thursday. Uh, he's had a few concussions. And not to say he isn't fit or anything, but he, he's probably just strung... I think only three or four games together and that's the last thing you want is just for someone to have another head knock because mm. I think it was a couple of head knocks he's had this year as well and to not come back. I, look, I, I I think he'd do a massive job, but yeah, it sounds like they've gone Jacob Saifidi and um, I'm sure I'm sure it will go pretty well. Dale Finucane, I think he's played about five games. What I, lo- what I love about him is when he runs on the field. Fuck, it's so funny how he just sprints on. Who's that wrestler that they always... Do him too is the ultimate the warrior. The ultimate warrior. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, him. Um, for Queensland, though, so we got someone like Nanai who's going to be starting as well. He had it killing it for the Cowboys, right? But he hasn't really been fantastic. I think game one, he had a bit of an injury and whatever. Game two, not very good. Game three, is there, any, is there a way we can target him or is he just like a little young gun that we can't really... Mate, I think the biggest thing, especially if Dylan plays as well, is... What New South Wales have done and brought Chad into the team. I just think maybe there's a couple of trade secrets there. You got the likes of Nanai Gilbert, Holmes, um, Tua Lungi was going to be in there. Yeah, Holmes, all these uh, North Queenslanders. And if anyone sort of knows how to get the best out of all these players, it's been Chad. So um, I think New South Wales will be ready for a few. I, I just think the biggest key, Nanai, is, is just his will to get to the ball. Like how many tries has yeah, he scored off this the kicks. year? Just grab off those kicks. He just he wants it more than anyone, and he's so tall, and he he just gets under it. But um, yeah, I, yeah, he's a big danger. But starting Origins a lot different to sort of where he's been. Like he he sort of came off a bit hurt and then came back in the last game. But to to really start an Origin and um, feel the full brunt of the uh, New South Wales pack. It's going to be a different game, but I'm sure he's up to it. And yeah, I, 
really keen to see Tom Gilbert as well. I think he's been playing really well. He can be in the middle or on an edge, and um, I'm sure he'll make the most of his origin debut. Yeah, they're, they're freaks too, and they've got even um, what's his name? Selwyn, he's he's going to be carving, right? But we, we think of Gagai, right? And Gagai, everyone's been putting heaps of shit on him for missed tackles and whatnot. Is this the kind of game where Gagai can just come out and come out of nowhere and have a fucking blinder? Yeah, well, all the talk was he was going to get dropped and people saying he should have been dropped. And, but who? Hammer or something? Um, well, yeah. Kate Will in the centres, he's done it before. <laughs> but how often do you see it? Like... Um, they say drop because this person's too old. They were saying it for Darius for years, and he'd just come out and play a blind yeah. at the Queensland. So, um, yeah, I, I'd be watching someone like Gagai. I think he's the only guy to get um, man of the match from the wing or man of the series. You were on, weren't you? Yeah, I was on. But I think he did a couple of times, didn't he? So, um, you got like 80. He was crazy odds, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I think it was only five bucks, but that's all he needed when he was that price. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I don't think... Um, I don't think any of them are going to play a bad game, especially at Suncorp. It's just going to be too hard. I mean, Corey Oates is um, is a big addition as well. Like, I think Tulangi struggled under the, some of those bombs, but I think the bigger thing with Oates is just um, how big he is and how having that extra guy just bring it out of their own half. Like, he has some really big runs. Oates, he's, he's almost built like a back row, and we're seeing him playing the back row yeah. or even the forwards. And he can have some really tough carries when. Um, to give Queensland a bit of a breather. And if you want a piece of Gagai, he's a hundred to one. So look, he's been pretty ordinary lately, but he could he's definitely someone they don't call him Origin Gags for nothing. Um, if you had to pick a man of the match to step it up at Suncorp, who's your man of the match, Kohai? Man of the match, I mean I think it's gonna come down Blues to are someone win, like correct? Cleary once again. Yeah, blues are gonna win. And I hope it's gonna be a braining, but once again I'd a win's a win and a win in the series. I mean, that, that'll do me. But saying that, yeah, I mean, watching Cleary carve up last game just makes me think that he's he's got his mind right. He knows what's at hand. This is the decider. Let's 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 bring it home. Um, in game one, yeah, he was shut out. But I think they've been I, – I have no doubt they've been watching a lot of tape and, you know, researching and studying and how do we – Queensland approach us game one and how did we approach them differently game two now what do we want to do for game three at Suncorp someone like Cleary will lift and I think that he will probably he's got to be one of the favourites regardless four bucks four bucks it's quite short but I just think that he'd be just he's an out and out leader everything's going to go his way I'm hoping and his kicking game definitely improved out of sight game two I'm hoping that it just follows through I know it's a favourite. Cleary all the way for me. Teddy could have a pretty good chance at fives, but even Jakey, $19. He's done it before. Tommy, who do you think? Yeah, uh, it's a tough one. I just think it's it's going to be so tight, and I think that's why someone like Isaiah Yo um, is, is a great option. I just think he can try... 13 bucks. So, yeah, so massively. I think, um, I think he's a good bet, but uh, for player of the series, I can't really find the market at the moment, but I think um, Teddy. Yeah, I think Teddy. Teddy's really a really good bet there. Um, if he's anything over sort of four or five dollars, I think if New South Wales win, he I think he's been in the top three players all three games or all two games so far, and 
Um, he's just going to play like he did in either of those games, and I think he's a shoo-in for man of the series. Um, all right, so I had a massive crack at fucking Burton to score first last game. Brutal, because he was four minutes off. He scored the second try. Um, we're picking try scorers. First try scorers, are we looking towards New South Wales? Are we looking towards the wings? Are we looking towards back rowers? Who's going in first, King? Who is going to go in first? I was... I followed the same suit as you last last game. Um, <sighs> I had Matt Burton first score. Brutal. First try score as well, and it hurt. It hurt. <sighs> but... Kafusi scored first. Your fortune. I know. Out of anyone. Of course, it's the long shot. Um, once again, I... I do you just go with your heart and just you, you almost feel like you need a back burden again? Do I go kind again. of feel that way? Um, you, nine, you almost, nine, uh, what's, what's the first try score? What's he paying? He, he can't remember what price I got last game. Do you remember what he was? I think I got about 15, but he's 14 dollars to score first and 250 to score a try. And he looked really good. And he he was matched up with Gago though, wasn't he? Last game. Don't ask me that. Okay. I, don't, I can never work it. Remember who, who's on what wing? He played on the left. Gagai plays on the right. Yeah, so, yep. So, they would have matched up. And I think, well, yeah, everyone wanted Gagai's head, but he'll probably lift. So, (laughs) it's probably going to be a tougher contest, right? Let's go left field. Um, Not really left field. I think it's going to be a back. I I genuinely think that just it's going to be a back. Kafusi was just an outlier. Yeah. Forget about what happened with that. I think it was just... Well, everything just fell in place with Kafusi that first try anyway, right? Like, he just happened to be there and he just unmarked and went over the line. Have we seen... I don't know. Like, I really want to say I want to be on Daniel Tupu just for the kicking game side of things. But, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. Let's go the tall man on the edge. Daniel Tupu. Daniel Tupu to score first. $8.50. Tommy, who are you with? I'll go the short man on the other edge. I've I've done it all other couple of games. Um yeah, keep going to or I just think maybe I, I think you're onto something with that Burton thing, but um I reckon they're gonna be ready for them to target Gagai and maybe it just creates the overlap for To to have uh to score in the corner. Um uh, I said this stat on the last Origin podcast we did, but the just the um the wingers scoring the the first try just have a really great record and I think Toto will you're even getting a bit of odds. If you can get sort of above Fourteen dollars for any winger. I think maybe um, Corey Oates might be a bit longer on the day and maybe have something on him. But uh, yeah, I'll go to Corey Oates. He's thirteen. Uh, what do we think? I don't know much. I can't. Ne- I never remember my stats with Suncorp. But is it generally like these? It's a bit drier. Are we thinking like overs? I think the over under is forty and a half. <sighs> no, I just can't see. I just can't see the overs. Can't cheer um, unders. I mean, well, it's just. You're right. It is, it is a drier track, and I think it'll help Queensland a bit. But I think it's going to be one degree there in Queensland um, on <laughs> Wednesday crazy. night. It's it's going to be cold. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's raining, but yeah, I I just see, but like it's a decider. You, you sort of see it around both teams around that sixteen sort of points. So yeah, what what, what is the over under at the moment? Forty. Yeah, I got to go under. King, what do you reckon? You like your over-unders? I do like my over-unders, and 40 is, like, bang on. Like, I I thought last last game was going to be overs. So I took the overs, so I was kind of happy about that. 
Um, this time around, it being not a dead rubber, it's got to be competitive. It's going to be real. It's got to have a feel of that game one again, especially at Suncorp as well. Regards to Master being out, uh, I think it's going to be a tight contest. I will be marking the unders here. Unders. All right. Well, let's uh, let's work out a little same gamer. All right. I will go first, and I'm obviously very New South Wales for my multi. I'm taking the line. It is nine and a half. Probably would be thirteen plus, but down on the safer side, minus a nine and a half. I'm doing three try scorers. They're three New South Welshmen, and I think Matt Burton. I'm sticking with him. I think he will score. I think Brian To'o will score, and I'm chucking in Nathan Cleary. Got himself a double last game. Was a bit ordinary in first game, and he's going to come home strong. Get man of the match, take it out. He has to score. You're getting 21 bucks, Thomas. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be unders. I think it's going to be close. So I'll go Queensland and with the start, New South Wales to win. So the start's four and a, uh, nine and a half. But yeah, I think New South Wales win, but they win tight and Toto to score it. I've I've had a bet both ways. I've had him to score one, which is eleven dollars in that multi, and I've had him to score two, which is sixty one dollars. Get that multi up, so I think Tottenham might get a double. Okay, Coey, five legs. I like New South Wales to score on both edges, uh, and Tupu. I like the unders, as Tommy mentioned, thirty-nine and a half. Uh, I like New South Wales to be leading by more than four and a half points at halftime, but Queensland closing that deficit and taking the plus nine and a half line for the whole match, giving us eighty-one bucks. Shit, 81 of the best. Well, I'm going to be hoping for 13 plus, but it's going to be a good game regardless. Hopefully, I'm, I'm, I think they'll go with Tom Dearden, but that is rugby league. We're gonna. I'm just going to mention a couple of things else, uh, not to do with rugby league, but I want to mention a couple of things in racing. One being we ha- we didn't do a podcast last week. It was pissing down and everything was happening, but there was three really bad falls last week. Um, three girls, which is just bizarre when you think about these. They seem to. I'm not going to say they come in threes because that's just a weird cliche, but you haven't heard about too many bad falls with the jocks. I know we had Brenton uh, last year and stuff, but this all happened within bloody two days and there was another one um, at the stables. But fuck, it's bizarre, Tommy. Like, and we're racing in South Wales and others are putting out updates and I did a post yesterday, but it all doesn't sound good. Like, nothing has come out saying, are they going to make a full recovery or anything of the sort? They were in a coma... They're in ICU. It says they're going to have a long road recovery. They're not going to be the same. Like people don't understand how hectically dangerous um, being a jockey is. You're, some of these girls are in their forties, as in kilos, like forty kilos, fifty kilos, whatever. And pretty much, it's the only sport where an ambulance follows you around for your job. Um, it's bloody hectic, eh? Yeah, massively, mate. I, I, I yeah. Um... I will say the, the support around it has been fantastic and it, it's been really great. And the I think the updates have actually been really good. Yeah. Um, just uh, They've been slow and, as you said, like um, you can't expect to hear everything straight away, but I think they've been really good about saying um, what's been happening. And I think with a couple of the girls, um, the news has been good after seemingly going to be pretty bad for, um, for a while. It, it, it's actually... Same so, as you said, it's going to be a long road, but uh, a lot better than the other roads. So, 
It, it is a really tough sport, and uh, the first two girls that it happened to in New South Wales, um, they Leah made the right Alyssa. call, and yeah. yeah, they made the right call and um, put the races off straight away. Um, no, and it it wasn't just for the girls; it was for all the people around them, the trainers, the the other jockeys going back to the jockey room. They can't do their job, feeling um, feeling it uh, not a, not unsafe, but just um, concerned for their their fellow jockeys. So I think the sport uh, do a lot to get around it. I it's definitely not the time to debate um, the whole racing industry. I, I just think it's time to get around these these people as they recover and. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's really good support from everyone and and uh, racing New South Wales updating every day on Twitter and people getting around that has been sensational. Yeah, and what are you thinking? Like it is like I said before, the fact that this just came a lot of it came within twenty four hours of hearing it and you see it on the news and it shits me that they show the vision again of the falls and stuff, but I won't go there. But it's crazy how it's just come all of a sudden, like. You know, in waves. I just think that it's just one of those things, isn't it? Like it, it is, as you mentioned, it's it's one of the world's most dangerous sports. It just goes without saying. I think people take it for granted uh, without really thinking too much about it. Like it's just they're on a horse, an animal, and riding at sixty kilometers an hour, and all you got between the horse and the ground is well, it's nothing. And you, the possibility, like, I guess. In hindsight, it's been lucky to a certain degree for the two girls that fell off the racehorse. They were kind of towards the back. Like, these injuries could have been far, far worse. Mm. Like, it could have been far, far worse. And for Leah and Alyssa, um, there were, as it is most of the times, these innocuous falls where they're not even bumped. It's or stumbles or it's whatever the case might awesome. be. And, they, and yeah... It, it's so innocuous that you just go, oh, Leah's going to get up. Alyssa's going to be fine. And then sure enough, in in a blink of an eye, you know, the the um, medivac choppers coming in and the works, you know, like and they're all in induced comas. And as for Juana, Andrew, down at um, down in Victoria, I mean, she was just grooming the horse, you know, yeah. like just giving a haircut, giving a wash or something rather like that in the, in the stables. And sure enough, you know, the horse didn't want a bar of it and it's just laughed out and yeah, she's just, she's copped the full brunt of it. And it's, that's how dangerous it is. You know, like even just like maintaining your, your animal, just cleaning it up. That yeah. that could be tits over in, in a matter of, matter of a blink. So yeah, people just don't understand to, to the full extent. We love a punt. We love the animal. We love the jockey and the industry and everything that comes with it, but they just, Oh, you almost go, they don't get paid enough to a certain degree. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's funny how it works. Some people just have no idea the size of these these jockeys too. So coming coming down, you know, under a 700-kilo horse or whatever, it's, um, it's fucking dangerous. But we wish them all the very best. Um, I've got a bit of news for a horse that we've sort of mentioned before and we've backed, that Prince of Boom. So one of the listeners, he, um, he has a share in it. And he sent me a thing just before saying, Prince of Boom's back at the Eagle Farm Stables where he's going to be prepared for a trip down to Melbourne with a potential first up run in the wait for age. McEwen stakes uh, for 300,000 over 1,000 metres September 10 at the Valley. Maybe a trip up the Flemington Strait and a possible grand final in the Manicato worth a nice one million. So... 
Kelly, we know uh, like you, you enjoy your Queensland horses as well, but mate, imagine that'd be pretty good. I think you'd go pretty well down in Melbourne. Well, I couldn't do. Uh, couldn't agree more. I think it's. I think I was probably one of them uh, to a certain extent that like I had so much untapped ability, and I wasn't sure how high the ceiling could be for this horse. I mean, it went through a couple of the cutest races and won them won them easily. You know, like it was an easy watch, but I'm like, there are. He's only facing Queensland horses. I don't know how strong this horse yeah. actually is. And then you, you look at it, its last couple of starts, and you go, all right, it's a proper animal. This this thing knows what it's doing. Um, and you know what? Uh, for the connections that own it, it's, it's a fun horse to have. And shit, it, you may as well just nom them for these, you know, good group carnival races, you know. And if, the, if your end goal for this campaign, or this coming campaign, should I say, is the Manicato, it being a group one, good, go, go, yeah, force go see where you stand. Exactly. Like, I mean, you got nothing to lose. The horse has made you, you know, it doesn't owe you anything at this stage, really. It's one, I'm not actually sure how many, six in a row or something like that, yeah? I'm not sure. Close to. Uh, it's got a picket fence next to its name, and enough said, like, it's, it's beaten some ha- real handy types. Uh, even internationals as well of the like in the last last run, I think it was. Um, so why the hell not? Like, yeah. go down the straight, go around the valley, and like, how cool would it be just to be at the valley to see your horse running in the Manicato, a Group One? Like Tommy, Tommy would happily attest to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, we're coming. Obviously, we're not too far off spring. All those sort of horses are going to gradually start coming back, trialing and whatnot for the for the carnival. Uh, one thing I often get asked in the past few years, and obviously I don't work with you guys anymore, but Tom and Kohai both producers at Sky, is the constant ads for the Kosciuszko and how much that happens. So it's not um, by choice, but you guys sort of have to push the sales. That's how obviously the prize money gets done. Um, Tom, you're one of the big wigs at on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Can you explain how often you have to um, put these ads up? Uh, mate, it, it's it's for a good cause though. I, I think especially like um, last year they introduced the four pillars. Yeah. And I, I, I know you've spoken and we've spoken about it as well. Like, how came we are to actually get involved, and yeah, it, it does seem like a lot of um, uh, a lot of advertising at the time. But I think it's done really well in the first few years because of this really big advertising push yeah. uh, to get people involved. And and you've seen it, we've seen it uh, with a few stories around the people that do oh, win the mate. slots about yeah. how how ridiculous it is. So. Um, it's not just the fact that they're saying it over and over again. It's literally that what they're saying is right. Like it is an incredible opportunity. And I think anyone who wants to do it um, should do it because it, it's almost like a little mini lotto, but it's, it's, it's like a draw with horse racing and, and just, you know, like we talk, we probably going to dedicate 20 podcasts coming up into the Everest and talk about yeah. who's going to have what horse, uh, for what slot in the Everest, and you almost get to do that. Like it, it actually feels like you're a part of like these these big discussions and like calling trainers. And I even Curry talking last week, like he's scouting Cosiosco horses already, and um, from two year old races in town from Dubbo horses. Like it, it's it's a twenty, it's a full year gig, like finding these horses and and um, it, especially us who watch a lot a lot of 
dud racing in the bush uh, <laughs> to, yeah. to pick, yeah, to pick a good horse. So, um, yeah, it, it does seem a lot, but at the same time, like it, it sort of pays for itself because it it is a great opportunity. Yeah. So if you, for anyone that doesn't know the Kosciuszko, you're mad if you don't buy some tickets. Um, there were some people I know that want that won a slot in the first year and they took it out. And it's a $1.3 million race. Yes, you do a deal and there's cuts and whatever, but it's really good. Five-buck tickets, crazy not to buy a handful of tickets. If you don't understand how it works, if you win a slot, like Tom said, it is a bit like Lotto. They draw about however many, and then you get to go choose your horse. So you can go off to a trainer and say, Let's, I'd like to have your horse. Let's work out this deal. Let's work out this percentage or whatever. So, yeah, if you uh, have a tab account or whatever, it's, it's a must worth like if you win some cash on a Saturday just keep buying them you can buy them and just leave them in your tab account so it's easy to do looking at a market though because I like the Kosciuszko I love the Kosciuszko I love the country champs I love all that stuff so front page it's a gun that's at six bucks you've got another one Art Kiddo Far Too Easy Mo's Crown Commando Hunt it's a horse I like Edit Fender Handle the Truth they're all there Coey if you had to pick one right now you want a slot today who are you taking you have to pick today Art Kiddo again I'm happy to go back to back Art Cadeau, yeah. Tommy aboard. Well, I mean, it's been it's been running in like stakes grade, and it hasn't been disappointing. Like it's and it's going to be matching up against country horses. I mean, front page has done the same thing, but it last start it was a nice, nice win, and price really firmed on that. But Art Cadeau did the championship Kosciuszko double this year, and I don't know, like people have already just put that into the third line of betting. I'm kind of surprised. You got to pick one, Tommy. Uh, it's tough. I thought Sunrise Ruby came back really well on the weekend. Um, I, I'm always been a big Handle the Truth fan, and I think it gets better with age. So maybe something like that, that or we're going to share in a horse called Tato, who's running around tomorrow at Albury. Maybe he can um, make the run for a Kosciuszko. All right. Um, give me a slice of Commando Hunt. 15s. There's a bunch of horses there at 15s, and. Like Tom Coey's mentioned these things before. Whenever you see these pre-noms market, back them because if they don't make the field, you get your coin back. So it's not an all-in market. You're not going to do your dough if they don't run, and you're probably going to get a better price if they do get a slot. So that's the Kosciuszko. All right, boys. Uh, that's probably me. Unless you got anything else to add regarding footy or anything, Tommy. Nah, mate. Um, I I, I just touch on incentivize out from the carnival. Oh, yes. Yeah. Incentivize, think it over, and someone? There's three, wasn't um, there? Um, Hytotsu. Yeah, Hytotsu, think it over, and incentivize. That's sickening. Um, I actually went and watched the Caulfield Cup again today because that's one of the sickest wins I think I've watched from Barrier 18. So, yeah, bro, what's wrong with it? What? Off, off to the no, Nothing's wrong with n- Nothing's wrong with it. The connections just thought they was. Uh, well, Peter Moody thought it was a bit weary after its long rehab treatment. Really? So they just went. They just went rather than exhausting it and potentially risking an injury. Like apparently the horse is fit as ever. Like it's looking absolutely immaculate. But you could. He reckons he can tell that it's a little bit. You know, if we overwork him now, it, it might cook him forever. So let's let's play it safe and look towards autumn and spring next year is kind of what he suggested fair enough um tommy brutal about think it over it's one of your faves yeah yeah um yeah it's a bit sad and it, it could be the end of it as well like it's done so much in its racing career but yeah, it's a shame 
I would love to see it go for a Cox Plate. They decided not to last year, and they stayed in Sydney and won three big races. So mm. it would have been great to see him uh, contest for a Cox Plate this year. But he he's had an amazing career so far, and um, we'll all remember that Queen Elizabeth. It was um, one of the gutsiest rides and one of the gutsiest wins from a um, pretty gutsy horse. So, yeah, big fan of thinking it over. Hopefully we do see it again, but if we don't, he's gone out on top. Yeah, I mean, you've been on every time everyone doubted him and backed him big odds. So, yeah, I'm with you. Hopefully hopefully we see him again. All right. Uh, thank you, boys. Fingers crossed Blues for a successful win. I'll go for 13+, plus, but if you guys really want the plus 9.5, I'll take it. I'll take the little, little close <laughs> win. But I just want us to get the W. Thank you, boys. Good night, boys. Go to the boys.